from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been and what has been, sorry, and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. Morning, everyone. This morning we're continuing, obviously, with Ecclesiastes, and we will be talking about time. Please note across the front, likewise, welcome to the folks at home who have tuned in. Across the front, you'll notice these lovely vases with arrangement of flowers in them. <clears throat> They're pretty, aren't they? Answers yes. Each vase represents a couple who attended the marriage course last night, the marriage night, which apparently went very well. There were three speakers, I think, and a comedian, and everybody, I think, says the comedian was very good, outstanding, and various reports back on the speakers. A couple of them were good, and one was okay, and others thought they were all good. And um, So congratulations to those people, and trust that it was a blessing to you, uh, because God is concerned about our marriages, and is concerned that we look after... Our partners, our spouses, as I'm going to refer to this morning. She, again, will get an honourable mention. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, could you guide us this morning through this passage, speak to us your truth, and shape our lives into a beautiful part of what you're doing, part of your plan part of the big picture that you alone see and are working to construct. So speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, in the passage that Gabe read to us, in particularly verses 1 to 8, this morning we're just going down to verse 15, as was read. <clears throat> um, verses 1 to 8 give a, a beautiful poem of time. It's a very famous poem, it's quoted. In fact, back in the 1950s, 1960s, it was set to music. Um, and I think it was called Time... No, Turn, Turn, Turn. Do you know that song? You'll be singing it for the next half hour and you'll be going through it. <clears throat> uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it because you're much too young, if you come to me, then you'd serve as I'll sing it for you. Extra 
blessing. So we are creatures of time, aren't we? 365 days and a quarter, days a year, hours, minutes, seconds, nanoseconds for us in our world. We have diaries, calendars, we have watches and we have alarms. Somebody has collated this. On average, we spend six months stopping at stoplights. If you're coming out of our estate in Druvale, that's probably closer to seven months in your life. Eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for lost objects, two years returning phone calls. Four years doing housework, less for blokes, more for women. Five years waiting in line and six years eating. I'm not sure who did it, and it's probably getting a bit dated now, but if you live on average to the age of 70, and that's certainly what Moses wrote in Psalm 90, threescore year and ten, that's 70 years. But he also says, and if by reason of strength, fourscore years, 80, the average age for us now, I think the average ale for blokes is about 82, average. And for women, I think it's 85, something like that. They're still outliving as fellas. This is based on 70, so it's a little bit inaccurate. You spend 20 years sleeping, 20 years working, seven years playing, five years dressing, two and a half minutes sick in bed, two and a half years out of the 70, and five months out of your 70 years tying shoes. There's a bit of useless trivia for you. Time is elusive, time is short, time runs, time flies, time is fleeting. We waste it, we fill it in, we pass it away, we pass it on, we can't regain it, can't delay it, can't stop it, it just simply keeps moving, doesn't it? Dr. Leslie Weatherhead, again, decades ago now, but this might be helpful for you. He plotted the average length of a life and said if you live from 7am till 11pm, if that's your lifespan, 7am is when you're born, 11pm is when you die, when you check out, he said, well, if you're 15 years old, and that's nobody in the room at the moment, well, it's 10.25. If you're 20 years old, getting close to one or two, yeah, it's 11.30. 25, it's 12.42. If you're 30, it's 1.51. If you're 35, halfway, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Most of us are above that, aren't we? If it's 40, it's eight minutes past four in the afternoon. If you're 45, it's 5.16. I should have stood you up and then you could sit down when I got to your age. If you're 50, it's 6.25 in the evening. 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. is when you check out. If you're 55, it's 7.34. If you're 60, it's 8.42. If you're 65, as somebody I know very close to me is, myself it's 9:51 and if you're 70 it's 11 o'clock reminds me of the doctor who said to a person i have some bad news for you and i have some worse news what's the bad news the bad news is you only have 24 hours to live what what could be worse than that? I don't have time to do anything. He said, I should have told you yesterday. <laughs> Moses teaches us to num praise that, Lord, teach us to number our days. I'm at about 24,000 days. And on average, if I live to 80, it'll be 29,000. Gives you a perspective, doesn't it? 
This is Solomon who is reaching the end of his life. He's a wise scholar. He's turned a party animal. He's been a builder, an agrarian. He's been an accumulator of stuff. He's been very successful. Now he's burned out. And he's looking back over his life and he regrets a lot of it. And he opens his journal and he writes this book for us, the book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 3, he is recording some of his observations about life. And in this poem, particularly verses 1 to 8, there is this balance. There are 28 activities. There are 14 couplets. There are seven verses. It's structured beautifully and they are contrasting um, pairs. And what Solomon is trying to say to us is that there is good and bad. There are ups and there are downs. There is a balance to life. It's not all bad. It's not all good. There is this cycling balance that goes through parallel contrasts. All of these activities, please note the change of his expression in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Before he has said, and he'll say again, under the sun. Under the sun is a more negative comment. It's more living in this world and excluding God. Under the heavens is living in this world but factoring God in under the heavens has a slight more positive feel to it there are blessings and there are troubles there are joys and there's grief and sadness there's growth as well as decline there is success there is failures there is health and there is sickness one of my wife's favorite movies is while you were sleeping many of you will know it. there's a beautiful scene in that movie that I have not forgotten and it's very relevant for this passage of scripture it's where the eldest son is talking to the dad and the eldest son is about to leave the family business, which is a furniture business. He's about to break out and to form his own company and the son buys some donuts and goes around to see dad very early on a Sunday morning. And they're sitting down and they're having donuts and a coffee together and the dad in the movie says, you know, life is just like Ecclesiastes, has its ups and downs and Somebody's sick and they recover and then somebody, something else happens to somebody else. And he says, life is just one. And he says, and for one minute, just for one minute, everything is right. Everybody's okay. Everybody's at peace. And there is harmony in the world for one minute. To which the son says to his dad, this is not that minute. <laughs> he's about to tell him he's going to change careers. That's what Solomon is saying. Ups and downs. Not all one, not all the other. There is this balance. Let's work our way through it just very quickly. There is a time to be born and a time to die. That's obviously God's appointment, God's sovereign control over when we are born. Psalm 139 says that all the days written, appointed for us are written in his book. God is the one in control of our birth. We can't master that. And today is a day for about 400,000 people, roughly, who will be born this day. There's a time to die. And there's about 150,000 people in our world who will die today. It's a time to winter. It's a time to exit. We can't choose that. We can choose the time of our new birth to be born again. He goes on to say there is a time to pluck and then there is a time to uproot or to pluck. Applies to gardeners, to farmers. There's a season to plant. There's a the right time of the year to plant and to prune. We cooperate with the seasons, don't we? We know this stuff. And there's a balance in the food production that goes on in the world. Verse 3 says there is a time to kill and a time to heal. In the ancient Near East particularly, you'd be talking about war 
self-defense, even capital punishment. There is a time to kill. Not murder, kill, to end a life. Um, and there is a time to heal, obviously. Time to break down and a time to build up, like in the building industry. There's a time to bring old buildings down. There's a time to construct new ones, even our own lives. That's going on. We are something breaking down, something building up. We begin life, we are young and we grow and we grow taller and eventually we get to a point where that slows and then it stops growing and then we reach our mature years where we just start expanding, I guess is the best way to explain it. We peak at the age of 19. How about that? 19, you're at your peak. After 19, it's all degenerative. It's all downhill. By middle age, it's our eyes. Where you can't... I can't read a book without glasses. The steps aren't as strong or as long. The hearing is not as sharp. At 19 is when we're at the peak. At 19 is when I got married, and it's been downhill ever since. That's what this is saying. I love you, sweetheart. Please forgive me. Now you have to. Verse 4 says, there's a time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, the time to dance. There's a time to, to weep. Men are raised to say, isn't it, that, that big men don't cry. Well, big men still have tear ducts. And the science teaches us, medical science now teaches us, if we don't express our emotions, if we keep these pent-up emotions, particularly during sad times, then it'll have a detrimental effect upon our health. For women, I know, if you don't express your emotions out, it'll go straight to your hips and they'll expand. So, God has given us a range of emotions. There's a time to mourn funerals. There's a time to dance, like at weddings and celebrations. If you went to the footy or saw the footy last night, time for mourning for Geelong, time for dancing for Richmond. Verse 5 says, you need to probably appreciate Israel to get this one, but there is a time to pick up stones and there's a time to cast away thrones. There's stones everywhere in Israel. If you want to plant something, you have to move the stones. And then there is a time to come along and pick the stones up to build a wall or to build a house or to build something else. Like in Ireland, if you've been to Ireland, there are stone walls everywhere, rocks everywhere. There's an old Jewish legend told, which I'll share with you this morning. Um, and when God was creating the earth, he appointed an angel to go and scatter rocks throughout the whole earth. And when he got to Israel, he tripped and he dropped a lot of them just right there. Time to pick up stones, time to cast away stones. There's a time to embrace during greetings or comforting one another. There's a time to refrain from embracing. Time to correct, not to hug somebody, but to grab them by the arms and shoulders and say, stop it. It's not the time to do that. Verse 6, there is a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. You could put all of that together, whether it's talking about money or possessions or relationships, a time to gain and a time to lose. Time for change. Put politicians in there, can't we? Time for change. A time to keep and a time to throw away, whether it's our clothes or our jobs or whatever. Verse 7, there is a time to tear, time to mend, a time to be silent, time to speak. I'll jump over that one, verse 8. There's a time to love and a time to hate. What is appropriate to hate? Well, injustice, corruption, violence, oppression, 
abuse. God hates those things, and so do we. There's a time for war and a time for peace, particularly in the ancient world. There is a time to use force to defend yourself in order to establish peace, shalom. What's the point? Life is not uniformly good or bad, it's both. There are positive and negative experiences that happen to us as well as what we do. And all of this happens under heaven, under God's sovereign control. I think that's the point he's wanting to make or to draw our attention to. God is in sovereign control of all of these what appear to be random events, these random happenings. No, there's a God who is working his purposes out. He's the king of time, the lord of time. He rules in our days, our hours and our minutes. Nothing happens. I love this truth. Nothing happens without my heavenly father's permission. Nothing happens without his superintendence. The good things and the bad. He is aware and he allows it. He can stop it and he hasn't. But he could. And there are times that he does in some people's lives, protects us and prevents it happening to us. But for others' times and for others of us, he allows these bad things to happen. It's best illustrated, it's marvellously illustrated in the life of Joseph, is it not? There is a boy who was born into privilege, who had everything going for him. Whom then his brothers hated, they rejected him. He was then sold into Egypt and then... Bad things happened down there, he got falsely accused, he ended up in jail and then he was forgotten and eventually he comes out of jail and he's promoted to be the Prime Minister. And through being the Prime Minister he's able to save Egypt and save millions of other people. So something that terrible happens, God takes and uses to bring something good out of. Sometimes you see the development. Sometimes we just experience this bit of it. And as I'm going to say this morning, that's where we have to trust God in the midst of this stuff. How could this possibly turn out for good? Well, we don't know, but we trust that God is because that's what this passage will go on to say. All under heaven. God is, God's sovereignty applies to all of our human activities and relationships. That's what it's saying. Now, some commentators, and I don't think... Um, inaccurately but not primarily they look at this passage and they see it not as events and things that happen to us but rather the things that God does there is a God is the creator so it's the born and die as, as I said that's up to him the time to plant and the time to uproot is they say that's God at work where it's time for him to plant the nation of Israel or to plant a church or and there's a time for him to uproot it take the people of Israel out of the land take the take, uproot the church or destroy it or close it down or whatever and, and they go through the whole passage like that um, that God is the one who is at work in our world well that's I just share that with you for your own reflection let me share these three truths with you then we're going to move on application number one we should wait for God's timing if he is the one who is in sovereign control of all of our life's events then we need to acknowledge that Submit to that. And David says, Psalm 34, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, bless the Lord at all times. At all times. Good, bad. We should hurry up and wait for God. Acts chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples. They said, Lord, are you going to do it now? Are you Are going to establish the kingdom? And he says, 
It's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has appointed by his own authority. It's not for us to know the times and the seasons. That's something God does. And we can't work it out, but we can trust him. Like David says, Psalm 31, verse 15, I trust in you, Lord. My times are in your hands. Wait for God's timing. If you're in a good time and a good season of your life, good things are happening, good opportunities, then be thankful, be grateful, praise him and enjoy it. If you're in a tough time and it's awkward and you don't know where God is and what's going on, trust him. He's in control. He's weaving something together. We can't explain it, but he will do it because that's exactly what he says he will do. So secondly, live your life under heaven knowing that there is a time when it will end. Live ready to exit. Don't live expecting this is going to go on forever. It won't. We know that up here, but it's something we don't prepare for. Came across this wonderful story, this illustration of a lady who was really prepared to die. She was a widow. Her husband had died in 2005. She's in Amsterdam. And following year, she attends his graveside and... Um, when she was there, she took flowers to place there and she just simply lay down uh, on his, at his graveside beside him and, uh, and passed away. Probably had a heart attack. Her name was already on the tombstone. Not the date, but her name was already there. And they found her will in her purse when they found her body. Ready to die. I don't think I've read anybody who actually had their tombstone made up, tombstone made up and engraved with their name. She was ready to go and she had a will. We need to live our life under heaven knowing that we will exit. Not to be morbid, but to be prepared and to take every day as a gift from God as best you can, good and bad. Number three, make good use therefore of whatever time we have left. Read through the list of 28. What time is it for you? What's going on for you? Because one day Jesus will come, we know. He'll come a second time at the hour the Father is appointed and then time will be no more. Amazing Grace is an amazing song, isn't it? It's a wonderful song. It has great truths in it. There's something in it that's wrong. Do you know what it is? It's poetry, so you can forgive John Newton. But most of us, when we sing it, I think most of us think Take it literally. That's how we think about eternity. The line in the song, which is incorrect, is when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, you won't be there 10,000 years. There is no time. It's eternity. It's perpetual present. There is no sun. There is no time. There is no aging. You're in the eternal realm. Now that I've wrecked that hymn for you, we'll move on. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Psalm 118 verse 24, we used to sing this as a song. When I first became a Christian, we used to sing it all the time. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice. And today, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice. Be glad in it. Enjoy this day.
good or bad, whatever, under heaven. Then Solomon goes on, verse 9, let's move on quickly. He gets to the bewilderment, verse 9. What do workers gain from all of their toil? All this stuff is happening and at the end of life, what have we got to show for it? I've seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. And now you see, he introduces God into his perspective. Up until now, it's been pretty much life under the sun, life without God. And he's going to return to that perspective. But in this glimpse, he introduces God and he mentions God half a dozen times. God has made everything beautiful in its time. I'm going to come back to that phrase. God has set eternity in the human heart. And yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there's nothing better for people to do than to be happy and do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink, find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. I know everything that God does will endure forever. Can't change it, can't stop it. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. And whatever is has already been and what God's involved in repeating history and God will call the past to account. We didn't read verse 17, but that says, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. God permeates this passage all the way through. There is a, not just a balance in life, he says in verses 1 to 8, but he's saying there's also a beauty in life. When you filter it through a God perspective, that God is the one who is behind all of this. It's the upward look both in the good times and in the hard times. Verses 1 to 8, you can live life like that, a whole series of disconnected events that don't make sense. There's 14 good and 14 bad, and 14 minus 14 gives zero. Life is all about a big zero. You can have that perspective. You can have another perspective, which is verse 10 and 11 and following, which is introducing the God filter of saying, in the good and bad, in the positive and negative, God is at work. And 14 minus 14 doesn't equal zero. What it equals is a picture of a God who is at work, balancing life. Passage says, verse 11, God has placed eternity in our hearts. If we take these 28 events, the ups and downs, God is weaving the circumstances and situations of each of our lives, individually and corporately, into something that will impact eternity. As a New Zealander, an Australian theologian, I'll think of his name in a minute, he said, what we do in time echoes in eternity. Huh, it's Russell Crowe, out of the movie Gladiator. A great theologian. What we do in time echoes in eternity. It's a great line. There is something eternal eternal about us. There's this inward restlessness, this wanting to wonder if there is more. That's why we ask questions. That's why kids ask questions. We're like the animals, but we're different to the animals. Animals, when you feed them and pat them, they lie down and go to sleep and they're content. They're satisfied. They wake up and you feed them and you pat them and they lie down and they go to sleep. That's what they do. They're satisfied. We're not. You can feed us and pat us and we've got questions. What's next? What's beyond this? We have this eternal dimension to us where we want to ask the why questions, which is why kids ask questions. Why is the sky blue? Where did God come from? Who made God? 
God put eternity in our hearts. There's nothing temporary about us. And therefore, there's nothing in this world which is temporary to satisfy us. All of those satisfactions are short-term. Long-term satisfaction comes out of a relationship with God. We're not made for this world. We're made for the next one. And because of Jesus, we're made to live it with him. And without Jesus, it'll be eternity, but without him. And God, the passage says, God works, um, makes everything beautiful in its time. The word beautiful is not... It's a correct translation, and it's what the word means, but it also means it's good, that it's right, that it fits, that it's appropriate. It's beautiful in that sense. Um, Rick Warren has an acrostic called shape. God takes the circumstances of our life to make something beautiful out of it, to shape us. S-H-A-P-E. Spiritual gifts, a heart, abilities, a personality, and experiences, positive and negative. God takes all of that, and he is shaping us into the person that he wants us to be, into something beautiful. We don't always understand how God's doing that or um, God's timing in that of how long it's going to take, but God is doing it. And it becomes beautiful for us when we trust this sovereign God. We don't, can't figure it out. But when we trust him, he works to make it fit. Warren Weasby uh, takes this illustration, I need to be quick, takes this illustration where he talks about, uh, we go to the doctor, the doctor gives us a prescription. He says, you take the elements of that prescription and each one separately, independently by itself, will kill you. But put them together, blend it together, they become something that will heal you. That's what Solomon's saying in Ecclesiastes. Take these situations and circumstances of life separately, they'll upset you, they'll just destroy you potentially but when they're blended together God does something to make something beautiful to bring healing into our life so three quick points and then I'll finish number one life is a gift that we have received from God that's what he says in verses 12 and 13 do whatever you can and enjoy it do good be happy eat drink find satisfaction these are the gifts of God do good be joyful, eat, drink, find satisfaction, enjoyment, contentment in what you're doing and serve God in this generation. Do whatever you can and enjoy it because life is a gift that we receive from God. Number two, life is a test, verse 14, that we should relate to God. He says in verse 14, I know everything that God does will endure forever and nothing can be added to it nothing taken from it god does it so that people will fear him that's why god is allowing things in your life he's trying to get your attention so that you will fear him revere him be in awe of him submit to him accept his sovereign control in your circumstances if you struggle to acknowledge that there is a god then think of it like you're on a very large ocean liner and there is a captain on deck. You've never seen the captain, you've never met the captain, but you know there's a captain on deck who is steering the ship. God's like that captain. He's steering this ship. He is in control. Life is a test. So we should relate to God. Fear him. And then finally, in verse 15, life has an exam. We will report to him. 
Life is a gift that we receive from him. Life is a test. We should relate to him. Life has an exam at the end of it. We will report to him. God will call everything into judgment, into account. One day the Supreme Court, the High Court of Heaven, will convene. He is the judge. The time is appointed. It's in his schedule. All of us will be summoned to appear before him. There's not five, seven, nine judges. It's not that sort of Supreme Court. There is one judge and it's him. He knows everything. He sees everything. And he will finally set everything right. The wrongs will be right. The wicked will be removed. The unjust will be corrected and the unfair will be reversed. God will set the record straight. And we need to live our life in light of that. We are in this world for his purposes, for his honour and for his glory. And we need to live life under heaven in submission to his sovereign control. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us, I pray, to see clearly, to live obediently, pleasing to you, to trust you with our whole heart in whatever circumstances we find ourselves and to be grateful, to be grateful always in all of the things that you either provide for us or that you are allowing for us. Heavenly Father, you are the sovereign God and you are in control and we are grateful. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.